Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. We would like to acknowledge the Turrbal and Yagara peoples as the traditional owners of these lands where we stand, recognizing that these have always been places of meeting and sharing. I'd also like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Just jumping in here before we get into this episode, um, we do talk quite heavily about sexual assault um, and peer pressure, um, clubbing and drinking culture. So um, that is your general content and trigger warning. Take care of yourselves. If you don't feel that you can do that, you don't have to feel obligated to listen to the episode. Take care of yourself first. Welcome to General Queries. I am your host, Talia. As always, I'm joined in the studio with the lovely dulcet tones of my beautiful co-host, Megan. How are you today, Megan? Skirt, skirt. I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to do that. And yet I still walked into it. A soft skirt. Look, I'm like... I'm okay. Let's let's just... Let's put it that way. I'm I'm fine. Yeah, this podcast is actually just us going just how are we feeling shit. yeah just talking shit it's a giant diary we don't want to just no, make not. it all banter <laughs> no um we we are now officially in the new year um because <gasps> happy 20 by teen happy 20 by teen it's weird Party the way people it's the way it's weird the way schedules work because the last episode we recorded last year but it came out like in the middle of january it was luxie it was luxie um and yeah, it came out in the middle of January, but we recorded that before the holidays, so everything's kind of all over the place for us. Um, but we are now Time officially, is yeah, we're now officially in the new year. I hope everyone's new year went well. I know mine did. Mine was cool. I went to bed like straight after midnight. I was, was up like, until oh, three. happy new year. Okay, bye. Bye. Love you. Good <laughs> luck in the new year, guys. And then I got up at. 5 a.m. so I could look after a six-year-old. I'm like, so proud of you. You did all of that. I'm so proud. Yeah. Um, we are also joined in the studio today with... <gasps> Who is this? A person in a beautiful outfit. Oh, I, stop. I cannot <laughs> even begin to describe it. It's yellow, which is one of my favorite colors at the moment. Um, my mum bought it for me. Thank you, Caroline. Yes. <laughs> Shout mums, out. Mums always just like have the best taste. Like if you go Ooh, with them, it's I'm... like, why are you choosing all of this ugly shit? But then like when they bring things home for you and you don't have a chance to see them in the store, mm. you're like, this is 
or what I've been waiting for for my entire mm-hmm. life. Because you have actually, a bold color. I'm actually getting married in this this outfit that my mother just gave me. Yes. The one you're wearing now? No, my mother oh. didn't give me this I one. Like, I mean, kudos a, to you. Repping like, a brand, <laughs> which we will not stay. <laughs> go for that. So how are you? I'm give doing us a good. little bit about yourself. So my name is Jen. I'll respond to Jenny, Jennifer, J Diggity Dog is my Google Hangout name. Jen Swizzle? Does that still exist? Um, oh, Google yeah, <laughs> I think it's, I believe it's been replaced with Google, Google Allo, which I think is oh. just really funny. No, no, at work oh, we gosh. use Google Hangouts. Oh. Okay. Yeah, like quite regularly. Can I call you Jay Swizzle? Absolutely. Any combination with Jay in Just it Swizz. somewhere I'll Just respond Swizz. to. Yeah, the it. Swizz. The Swizz master over here. Um, I am by and yeah, pretty much just came in as a favor to my friend. <laughs> I'm a good friend. That's what you need to know about well, me. Well, <laughs> see, so um just to give context to everyone out there, um Jonathan um was talking to you and you were saying like you've got all these experiences in um yeah yes so I did like (laughs) (laughs) um I did like four years of education EQ I had a bit of a weird kind of life journey path to where I am now just for context I'm going into my like what is this 10th ninth year of uni 10th year of uni like straight goals (laughs) goals Uh, that doesn't make me like low-key suicidal but yes every day um (laughs) and so I did education first and then did like literally 85% of a degree at UQ 85% ish and then was like "Mm, nah peace out I'm gone uh yeah my parents were like oh okay what I so I'd been pretty disillusioned with it from about semester one. Um, not not teaching. I think teaching is great, but the I was working in primary education and UQ doesn't always treat its undergrads super like people and not wow, just funds. Yes, I know. A crazy idea. Um and then I mean, the system, it it sounds like such a cliche, but the system is sort of broken in primary education in Australia, just a little bit. And I've enormous amounts of respect for all my like cohort who kept with it and are now teaching and doing amazing things. But I was looking at it going, I'm going to burn out. This is, you know, it's one thing to, I think when you feel you're doing a job that is very important, like education or healthcare, or you know, something where you're like, no, this is people's lives. Like don't Mm -hmm. screw this up kind of thing to have all these extra barriers put in place by systems that are meant to kind of be helping rather than hindering is, uh, yeah, just kind of crushes your soul a little bit. And by the end I was like, I should, I should have left first semester, but you're here now. Yeah. 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 Proud of you for getting through like 85% of it. (laughs) Congrats. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Why I just didn't finish. Mm, Anyway, it's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. It's only a mistake if you don't learn from it. It's fine. It's good. So then I went to QUT. Um, the real world. Yes, I joined the real world. Mm. Um, and I'm now doing media and communications, marketing and creative writing. But how I know John is through academics, which are the QUT acapella group. They're very cool. They're very <laughs> good. I know Cass Gilders as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is like, shout out to my boo. She's like... <laughs> My queen. Oh yeah, she's I been such love a rock. Yeah, she's great. What a pure gift. I miss her terribly. I haven't seen her for ages. 
I think she's over in, I want to say Japan. She's at the in moment. Japan with her Which man. Amazing. With her man, Dan. Yes. They're very sweet. Yeah. But yeah, so that's pretty much my story in terms of the last nine years. <laughs> Tell us about UQ College because mm. that is a notorious mm-hmm. boy. Remembering mm. that this goes out on the internet. Yes, yes. So I won't um, name which college I went to. Okay. Um, Just... Also give some con- reasons, I guess. Uh, give <laughs> give some context to what UQ College is because I thought I knew what it yeah. was. But apparently, UQ College, no, it's I a whole thing. I assumed it was like a dorm room, yeah, kind, kind of situation. Yeah. So basically, um, and this is this was just my experience. It's not completely universal, and I know that there's also been a fair bit of change. I believe since I left, so in the last like four years, I think that study was released about you know sexual assault rates and college yeah. atmosphere generally and the hazing and you know it all sort of. I think there's They've been forced to make changes, whether they want to do or not. Um, and this was not everyone's experience. But it's basically, I think what it's meant to be is like housing. You kind of imagine like a cross between a boarding school and like a sorority or a fraternity. So it's that kind of mindset of, well, lots of partying, at least at mine. So um, much drinking. So much drinking. I don't know how I like didn't need a liver or like kidney transplant, to be honest. Like, ugh. um. And like you're living on campus, which is obviously great. And you're also paying through the nose for it. Like I, yeah, it's so, and it's very kind of the one I went to was very old money. Like it was a lot of people who were the sons and daughters of senators and judges and politicians particularly were a big one at ours, but also, you know, CEOs of companies, people from, you know, big fortune 500, their dads are bosses and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, and a lot of private school funneling. So kind of people from BBC or, you know, I came from further out west, the Glennie School. Um, ah, T-Bar. Yes. Yes. T-Bar reckons. Yes. What a town. <laughs> My neighbour, I'm from Dolby. Oh, cool. Yeah, you feel me. Yeah. Mm, Glennie <laughs> is like, oh, you know, like those tv shows of like private girls schools mm. that's what glennie mm-hmm. is like yeah so you're jamay yes okay cool that is actually based on my life um <laughs> <laughs> yeah they exactly me. So, yeah. <laughs> um so i went from that kind of very i mean it it's hard because the school itself wasn't terrible this is glennie i'm talking about um it you know a lot of opportunities there was i think a slight undercurrent and I don't think it was coming from the staff or anything. I think it was just girls being bitches essentially um, of like, mm, but we're better than you. So that kind of like superiority, I guess, kind of carried through to college. Um, Go back to your farms, you poor lesbians. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Or if you're from a farm, if it's not, if you're not making like, you know, if you're not wearing Ralph Lauren while you're out with the cows, like don't talk to me. Mm. <laughs> um, so there was a little bit of like, you know, that kind of feeds into the culture, I guess, there. So that you've got this culture of like money talks and old money talks and all that sort of stuff. And then you've got this hyper like masculine, gross kind of um, mm, boys will be boys type things happening. Two dudes sitting yeah. in the hot tub, five <laughs> feet apart because they're, they're not gay. Um, so I went there in 2009 no, 2009 I graduated, 2010 to 2012. So for three years I was there. And looking back, like, I mean, we all do dumb shit when we're teenagers, I guess. But, oof, <laughs> there was some dumb shit happening there. 
I remember one of the things that really stuck with me. And I mean, for some context, my like identity as I guess a feminist was not totally um, solidified through high school. I'd sort of go into an all girls school. I was like, oh, so feminism is hating men and thinking you're better than men. And like, I'm not a feminist. And I used to like say that, like, no, I'm not a feminist, like whatever. It's a um, dirty word. Ugh, as if you would be. Um, and so that was still very much like playing in the back of my mind, even while going to university and meeting other people and sort of getting out of that bubble because Toowoomba is although it's like a big town it's a small town it's a small town it feels it's such a small town mentality Mm. like it's so everyone knows everyone's business and it's very like gossipy neighbors and all that sort of stuff yeah um still beautiful parks though would recommend visiting (laughs) it's a beautiful place (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. great schools so my identity as a feminist wasn't yeah solidified necessarily so I didn't really know how I felt and when the majority is kind of saying oh this is you know this is what girls should be like, Mm. which was kind of this weird. I mean, I guess it's like, you know, you encounter it a lot in uh, general society, but you know, that idea of all those contradictions of like, you should be super down with the bros, but still like super sexy and girly, but you should be fun, but not too loose, but still willing to have sex with everyone and put out all the time. And, you know, all these kind of contradictions just constantly Um, and be able to drink with the boys, but also like, be able to dress up for a ball and it was just um and in my first year they had they do this thing which is like a college debate where they'll just I don't know they get all of the students in college you know you have like three teams for a team for opposing and against like most normal debates I guess a a debate (laughs) a, a, a debate yes um and the topic was um so women had been the college I went to and this might give away what it was had not always been open to women and had accept started it was originally all boys and it started accepting women maybe like 20 30 years before I went there and they had a debate that was like should women still be called guests of the college rather than like members or you know the official name that we gave ourselves and at the time it was like like a very serious debate and we the women actually lost like it was the you know wow why am I not surprised (laughs) um and you know at the time it's kind of played as a joke and I do I do get that there's like you know oh some humor there like haha but I'm very much now of the opinion that with comedy you shouldn't really punch down and if you're existing in this framework of men kind of owning the space literally and letting you in and then you're still kind of dominating the conversation around that I don't know it doesn't sit well with me now and that's just like one of the many many things that kind of happened over my time there um unfortunately obviously I don't are we allowed to kind of talk about sexual assault no go for it so witnessed a lot of that unfortunately had experiences with that as well and that's definitely like I think a symptom of that I don't want to use the word patriarchy but kind of yeah um and just this kind of toxic environment of, I don't know, guys being able to do whatever they want without consequences. I also had a friend who went there who is a friend, not a friend, a guy I knew who went there, who um, his father is a senator and I can't remember exactly what he did. I think he may have like gone to a McDonald's and oh, no, that's someone else picked up a crow from the side of the road that was dead and brought it to McDonald's and asked for a Mick Crow burger. But that was like a different thing. This guy, ah, uh, what did he do? I can't, he was drunk and disorderly and did something like horrendous, like something that would normally get you, I think, a fairly huge fine and probably like 
have many hours of community service mm. because his dad um, was promoted and a senator. He got off completely. And that was just like one story of like hundreds happening. Like it was just constant, which was an interesting kind of place to be situated because I am also, you know, myself quite a contradiction, I feel, because it's like my dad's side of the family is very wealthy and I'm very aware of like the privilege there and obviously being white and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But then, so, you know, I've seen that world in action a little bit. I mean, I hope, I, to my knowledge, my family doesn't do that sort of stuff, but, you know, you're, you're surrounded by people whose power and money lets them get away with more than people who don't have that mm. stuff. Um, but then also being a girl in this context and being definitely kind of treated as a second-class citizen a fair amount. Mm. And, you know, they'll joke and say, oh, it's banter or it's just this or it's just this. And it is. And then you start realizing how much of those messages you're kind of um, taking on board. And it it took me a little while to kind of, I think, sort through all that. I'm good now. I think I've got a much more solid sense of myself and self-respect and all that sort of stuff. But kind of a damaging thing to be happening as well when you're, I went when I was 17 to 17 to 18 and then, yeah, 17 to 20 roughly. Um, and I to feel the like, college. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's a very like vulnerable sort of time. Not that you aren't capable of changing yourself dramatically after that age, obviously, but you're kind of forming a new set of identities, you mm. know, like you've been kind of, you find your, your high school niche and by grade 12, you're fairly comfy with how you fit into that scene, I guess. Well, that was my experience. And then you're at a college and it's another upheaval in university life and all that. And then to have all these messages coming in that are kind of yeah, like women are not, you know, should not be on top of men kind of thing. It's, you know, you should always be willing to do whatever they want and they're kind of very much dominating the conversations. And, yeah, it was it was interesting. And, I mean, you know, it, this wasn't the entire time. There were some upsides to it, obviously. Living so close to campus was great. Mm. Um, I got a lot of opportunities there in terms of academic stuff and singing stuff and, you know, like we did lots of cool cultural stuff, which was nice. And I made really great friends that I'm still really – close friends with but it's just yeah problematic when I look back on it deeply mm. problematic um what was yeah. it like kind of being a bisexual person in that like super highly sexualized environment because I mean as we all know bisexual women are wild unicorn hunting I just yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah unicorn hunting yeah oh you should have a threesome with me because oh you're absolutely bi. yeah 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 you were, know were you, you should kiss this woman like <laughs> were you yeah. out while you were at college no or? so okay. I didn't I mean and I sort of wasn't out to myself either like I I think That's I had mood. known yeah <laughs> I think I'd realized I'd always had this attitude from a very very early age of like uh, so what like you could kiss a girl or kiss a boy it doesn't matter like you know whatever people are people at like, sexual, huh? yes at like five years old just being like eh, whatever and then you get to I think it was high school when I first like and it was an all-girls school as well so there was this weird like fear of lesbians you know they were gonna get <laughs> you because it's all girls and yep. like ah, oh, it was kind of a strange they're gonna get thing. you and turn you gay oh yeah yeah um Pump those chemicals in, make all the frogs gay. Um, But so I I wasn't out, but I definitely was starting to experiment more, I guess, just sexually in general, but also with Mm. women. And, 
you're absolutely right about the like getting egged on to and like is the word fetishized? I never oh, yeah. confident fetishized. how to say that word. Yeah, <laughs> fetishized. Um, but yeah, there was a heck of a lot of that. Like mm. pretty constantly every time you'd go out. They do this thing called um oh I probably shouldn't say what it was because that'll give away exactly which college. But they used to do this chant to get people to make out with each other. And like the whole, everyone would kind of gang up on two people and like chant at them to That's make out with each other. Deeply problematic. So problematic, especially if there's people who like would try and like set it up beforehand and get their friends to like start it so they could hook up with someone, you know, make out on the D floor with whoever. And it would often. There's a lot of peer pressure going on there. A huge amount. Especially like, for like late teens oh and there's such a power structure as well because the third years um basically you can like dole out punishments and they're usually pretty like you know it'll just be um like drink i can tell you to drink if i'm a third year or i can tell you you know you have to take this much of a sip of alcohol or still messed oh yeah totally fucked up but um so there's also that like rigid structure and through your o week you're led through you go there in o week as a fresher before the rest of the college is there and you're led by this third years who seem so much older. And it's particularly with guys as well, because it's like they come out of high school and half of them can grow just the tiniest amount of facial hair. And then suddenly you've got these third years who are like rocking massive beards. <laughs> and it's just like all the guys are like, oh, God. <laughs> um, and so, you know, there's also that weird power dynamic as well. Very much like the second years have power over the first years, but the third years have power over everyone kind of thing. Um, and fourth years, there aren't that many fourth years, but, you know. Um, so that also kind of played into it a bit as well. That kind of peer pressure environment, the drinking culture was very, very bad with that as well. It was such a, like, there was a shallow kind of take of like, oh, no one will force you to do anything. And they would say that. And I feel like that was almost a legal, you know, yeah. minefield they were trying to dodge. Um, but in practice, there was so much pressure to just drink absurd amounts like I was hospitalized there multiple times for alcohol poisoning um and part of that is on me not knowing my limits but you know a lot of it is other stuff happening there you go yes so as someone who wasn't properly out but was more willing I guess to experiment with women or to experiment I'm doing little like bunny quotations um there was yeah definitely like a distinct fetishization mm-hmm. of it from the male perspective yeah was there like a like a seeking you out to to do that or was it just yeah like-, like there would be girls who would get a reputation for being willing to do that sort of stuff um which is yeah I mean reputation for anything and they used to every week that have um like an announcement in front of the whole college where they'd announce who had hooked up with who and to like what degree what yeah 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 that was a thing um so that is i know okay so what? um i'm gonna turn this episode into a uq college survival guide yeah. um, that's absolutely not okay yeah and it's weird because you just kind of enter this world and i mean also coming from toowoomba to brisbane so there's an element of like oh maybe this is just how it is in the big this city is the big smoke yeah. yeah 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 um and also maybe like this is just how like uni is like you know you see it portrayed on hey guys, American films. That's, uh, not, that's not normal. No. That's not okay. No. That's absolutely not okay. Turns I mean, out. it's no. like sexual harassment and invasion of privacy mm. and like it's, yeah. it's so many. Th- that is 
fully fucked. Like, like just a small disclaimer, you are allowed, like there's nothing stopping you from getting your tits out and having a good time. Oh, no, yeah. And, and from drinking, but also- you choose to do. Yeah, you should be able to choose it and you choose should be able- to broadcast it yourself yeah, if you want. You yeah, you should be able to choose the time, the place, how much you drink, whether you want to get your titties out at all. Mm-hmm. Like, and- and you should be able to not advertise who you're hooking up with. Ah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. please proceed. So it would be, you know, they'd have all different levels for it. I won't get onto all the details because ah. I don't remember them and they were super disgusting anyway. Um, but, yeah, so they'd do that once a week. They'd announce so-and-so had hooked up with so-and-so. Some of them were rumours. Some of them were unsubstantiated. Some of them, you know, people. I mean, you're all living together in kind of like dorm-style rooms, kind of. Like you've each you've got individual rooms, but it's, you know, you're down a corridor with everyone. Um, so people would see if you went home with someone and that was definitely also encouraged. It was so weird because it was like this atmosphere of like hypersexuality and hyper, like, yes, you should be hooking up with people, but also like, but you don't want to be a slut or but too shamed. loose. You're going to yeah. be yeah. shamed for wow, the sexuality cool. that you do show. But only if you're a girl. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you're a man, you can fuck yeah, whoever yeah, you yeah. want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there were prizes awarded for, uh, like, Freshest Slayer, which is the guy who would hook up with the most freshers, stuff like that. Like all sorts of little like oh, prizes. Um, and it's the thing is like it's it seems like all fun and games. And at the time you have you don't realize. And you're also you're a little baby 17 year old. And it's it's like you, you're not you know, you have I had, again, no real idea of what self-respect was and all that sort of stuff. So I'm just like, yeah, sure. This is great. Great. Cool. I just get to be loose and awesome. Yep. Um, but. Looking back now, I mean, apparently I've heard through the grapevine and whatever that a lot of colleges are struggling at UQ now to get, you know, membership. And again, this wasn't every college. Not every college had this to this extent or had other things happening or, you know, I know some of the all-male ones had some really bad hazing stuff. We had slightly less hazing problems, I believe, but still. Um, But a lot of them are struggling to get like full enrollments each year. And when I went, it was impossible. Like there was a huge waiting list. It was my college accepted about 300 people. So it was really prestigious to get in um, and now they're struggling to fill it. I don't know if that's my college necessarily, but all the other ones certainly. And they've had to do a real pivot from like this culture to what is now more acceptable, appropriate, especially for young people. Yeah, that's, yeah. it's probably best. Yeah. Not probably, it is best. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Did you find that like as a young person because I've like and I only say this because I've absolutely done this Mm -hmm. um as a way to like feel control and power Mm. and kind of feel like I'm I'm clutching onto some control in my life which felt yeah much out of control did you kind of use that like not straight like sexuality Mm. to kind of I don't want to say manipulate, but like, did you kind of use that as like to your advantage? Yeah. I think there was, I don't know how conscious it was. Like it was probably happening unconsciously for sure. I was certainly very like weirdly okay with being um, labeled as like easy or, you know, a fresher slayer myself or anything like that. You know, like I was, comfortable with that and certainly comfortable with people knowing or joking or whatever about me kissing girls on the dance floor um how much of that was survival I mean I I guess it, it's really hard to know because I think when I was drunk a lot so I don't know how great my memories are anyway slightly patchy um but 
And two, I just wasn't, I can remember having like thoughts to myself about like, wait, are you, are you maybe interested in girls? Like, you know, and my come come back to that in my head was no you only like them sexually <laughs> and I'm now wow, like that's a classic that's, that's, move that's kind <laughs> of a little bit how that happened yeah yeah it wasn't until a few years out of college I was like I had a crush on a girl that I like actually acknowledged myself but um yeah so I don't know how Shout much of it was my girlfriend because <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing <laughs> oh man it's such a common story here um but yeah I don't know how much of it was yeah probably being promiscuous was my way of kind of, I guess, taking a bit of agency in a situation, but it definitely, I don't think it was anything that I was totally aware that I was consciously doing, but looking back, yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not aware of it at the time for sure. You're just like, Oh, I'm having a good time. Um, but yeah, like definitely in hindsight, it's definitely a, a, a tool and I'm not saying that it's like oh you're a terrible person for doing that (laughs) all I'm saying is that like you know that it does reach a point like I found it reached Mm. a point where it was like this is no longer like me just having fun oh yeah like I can't survive without this now after college I was um so in my first year after college I then moved out with a friend and that year was wild so that's my fourth year of uni and it was actually I feel like more wild even than my times at college um, and I racked up like sleeping with, I don't even know how many people, like it would be like, <laughs> I would say over 20 or something in a year. Like it was a fairly wild year to have gone from having a boyfriend and being very, um, you know, almost thinking in high school, like I remember thinking to myself like, oh, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna wait until marriage, but we'll have sex like before we get married. So the first time after we get married is good, like on the honeymoon. <laughs> So that was my like thoughts as like a teenager and then being in the committed relationship and then getting out of that and being like, Whoa, let's just have sex with everyone. Um, and that, yeah, it, it's, it got to the point where I was burning out, like just burning through these relationships that weren't relationships and look, trying to find some sort of, I don't know, emotional connection or something. It's emotionally exhausting. Yeah. Because you're always draining. on. You're always running and you're always like constantly looking for the next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. And it's like, yeah, it's quiet. And I got, I mean, I had friends who would come to me if they were going through a breakup or something where they were like, as you do when you're 21, you sort of are like, oh, cool. Well, I'll just deal with this by going and getting drunk. Or that's what my friends all did. Um, And to get over someone, you got to get under someone. So I would go on like 14 day benders of every night going out and getting obliterated and then I worked at a bakery so I'd literally get home at like four in the morning have like a quick nap and then go to the bakery and just eat so many sausage rolls and like drink all the Powerade out of the fridge sorry bakery that I used to work at um but it that combined yeah the drinking the having sex and looking for it was more than looking for emotional connection like I think if you're having lots of sex and you're being safe about it, and I mean not just like safe like mm, condoms and stuff like that, but also like protecting your like mental well-being because you do – it's it's human body's totally weird and sometimes when you're having sex with people, you know, chemicals will fire and you're just – you find yourself a bit too emotional and if yeah. you're drunk or anything like that, it becomes even more kind of and messy. And not only that, but like being drunk and being tired, like mm. going on a 14 day bender, oh, yeah. being drunk and being Exhausted. tired, I would just pass out. Yeah. And yeah. that's not safe. Mm. And like 
bad things happen to me because yeah. of that. So like being safe in like protecting your physical safety yeah, is really important yeah, as yeah. well. And like I've been left in the middle of the valley on my own. Oh um, yeah. Like constantly. And, you know, making sure that like, you know, you have people around you yeah. who aren't actually just gonna ditch you. And um, it's like and college is this weird college in my time after, like it wasn't that I didn't have, you know, great friends who were trying to be there for me, but I feel like when it's that much, the sheer quantity of an amount of times that I was doing these behaviors that were just beyond excessive and beyond like clearly was working through some stuff myself and, and like for them to have to pick up the pieces constantly, like it was just, it, it put a strain on everything in my life, the mm. academic stuff, the like yeah, my relationships with people, my expectations around when, you know, when like a hookup should turn into something and all that kind of poisonous stuff. Cause that's the other thing at college is that how relationships are formed generally is not like a, not like in the huh, real world where you kind of go out and you might meet someone and then you might go on a date or you, you know, you hook up once and then you decide to get kind of keep seeing each other, but you transition to like dates mm. usually fairly quickly. I feel kind of um, college was like, no, you sleep with someone and then they start becoming the only person that you're sleeping with and it's regular and it's every time you go out, you get drunk and sleep with each other. You don't necessarily talk to each other during the day. And then you start talking after that, like that comes way after. So it's this weird, like, that's how I thought relationships were formed. You would sleep with someone and then build a relationship out of it from that. And like, you spoiler alert, you don't have to do that. You could just talk to someone and become friends and then become lovers. Like it's not, Yeah. So there was also kind of messed up like thoughts around how you can connect with people, I guess, yeah. and that drinking and sex was kind of the only way to do it. So what was it like, um, like leaving the college and then sort of becoming comfortable with your identity and becoming comfortable with yourself? Like when did you find mm. your, I know that you call it your tribe, so I'm oh, also no, going to call it your the, tribe. I couldn't think of the word for it. Uh, so <laughs> you have a better word, please. Um, I, I don't. I, I always, I always yes. say squad and fam, but that yes. really dates me by about mm, four years. Uh, I so, still say that. Don't even worry. Thank you. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, my first year out of college, although I was physically living out of college, I was still living very close to campus um, and I was still engaging in all of the behaviours, the worst behaviours that I was doing at college. So there wasn't a whole period of growth, I don't think necessarily. It was more just like for that year at least, it was more just kind of, okay, cool. Like we're just still doing this and crashing and burning constantly and everyone's worried about me. It's great, fine. Everything's on fire. It's cool. Um, Maybe the year after I moved away from college more into Orkinflower, so away from St. Lucia. And that helped a lot because not physically being on campus and physically being so close to everything. Also, when you're a fourth year, you're kind of invited back to a lot of college events because you're only just out of college so you know but by the time you're a fifth year it's a bit weird if you keep going back kind of thing um so there was a disconnect there socially as well and I think that was when I started kind of unpacking some stuff I didn't again it was still that kind of oh wait you might like girls and me being like no only for sex (laughs) it's like oh that makes no sense um and I think it was maybe like my, so my my third year out of college was, I think, when I sort of developed a crush on a girl and was like, oh, crap, I think I like this person um, as more than a friend. And it's like <laughs> you don't just want to sleep with her. You want to, like, 
buy a house with her or, or, you know, adopt some cats. I don't know. Um, and when I had that realization of, I think I was watching someone's, I think it was Shane Dawson's like coming out video. Mm-hmm. And for some reason I was bawling and I was like, why am I, why am I crying? Why mm-hmm. is this person on the internet affecting me quite so much right now? And then I'm like, Oh shit, bitch! You're bi. <laughs> like you like women as well. Yay! Oh, you came to that conclusion. Oh. Congratulations. Oh, what? And then my brain's like, no, and I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure this is right. So then I like immediately started feeling like I was lying to everyone by omission, which is a very yep, that's a mood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh crap! Now I have to tell everyone. Do I make a Facebook post? Do I like? What do I do? Oh god. Um. So I was like, okay, I'll come out to my best friend. Like that'll be good. And I like work myself up and I'm like, you have to come over. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, we will sit in, you know, we're sitting in her car and I'm like, I have to tell you something. And she's like, okay. And I like, I couldn't get the words out. And she's just like, what? Like, what are you doing? You weirdo. Come on. And I'm like, so I think I like girls. And she's like, uh-huh. And I'm like, 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 like girls. And she's like, yeah, I think most people are on a spectrum, man. <laughs> <laughs> and it was such a like edgy climax. I was like, ah. Oh. I expected her to like cry and like hug me and be like, oh my God, you're so brave. But she's like, yeah, probably lots of people hate. Do, do you feel robbed of, of the big traumatic <laughs> moment? I don't know. I, mean, I, I know some people who are like, like, it's great that I was accepted, but also I really wanted my big moment. I wanted moment. the struggle. I wanted um, the big struggle. Yeah. I mean, you don't want the struggle. Guys. No, you don't. No, want no, no, really no. don't. You really That's just don't. You don't want the movie thing. This is, the anticlimax no. is actually so much better. But you yep. always there's always that that bit in the in inside of but you. But now that's I don't just get like, to say my speech that I like worked out about. You know, yeah, toxic people out of my best friend like said, oh, what did she say to me? She was like, oh. Are you gonna like have a big coming out dinner? And I'm like, no. Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> um, she also told me that um don't take it the wrong way, but you look like a massive dyke with my hair. No, it's good. It's okay. set in love. It was set in love. Okay. She's like, that's why I wasn't really surprised, because you look like a massive yeah. dyke. And I'm like, that's that was my point. Yeah. And I came out to some, you know, so I slowly came out to a few more people. Like, and it was very much the first couple, I was still doing the whole like let me sit you down and tell you something. And it's like very serious. And they're like, oh God, have you got cancer or something? I'm like, no, it's worse. I like women. Um, <laughs> so much worse. So much more dramatic. Let's cry. No one cried. Um, and then after that, it was just kind of a thing that came out. If, you know. Came out. Um, like in context or something, I'd be like, I don't know. Like it would be a party or something. And I'd be like, oh yeah, by the way, I like girls. And they'd be like, oh yeah, cool. Like sort of figured or, you know. Not super surprised. I think because I had been not just I maybe you could tell that when, you know, those D floor hookups in college weren't just like, haha, fun because ah. I'm being egged on, but also a little bit like, oh, I like this. Um I don't know. <laughs> so they weren't no one was super shocked um at all. I still haven't like come out to my parents, but it's also not something I feel now that I need to do. I've kind of come full circle back to that like five year old who was like who cares? Kiss boys, kiss girls, whatever. Hey, mom and um, dad. <laughs> if I ever what? had a girlfriend, obviously I'd probably just be like, by the way, you know this, right? Because here she is. <laughs> um, yeah, that's absolutely what I had to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> also this is here. <laughs> my girlfriend. Um, um, but I think they'd be fairly chill about the whole thing. Like they're very, um, I mean, they're both very progressive baby boomers and they're both like fairly... Um, I mean, I feel like they'd be more annoyed 
at, I don't know, other things I've done. Like I accidentally ordered a whole bunch of Uber Eats on my mom's credit card. <gasps> and I feel like that conversation was way worse than anything I could ever, you know, Sorry, that was the mom. tricky conversation. How, uh, how much was it? Just oh, I don't out of interest. Wanna, yeah, not a, a Triple digits? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was a Like in one go? No, 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 no. Over okay. Time. okay, so it was like over time. And, yeah, yes. cool. and then she got the credit card. to her card. Okay. Yeah, and we Bill and was like, um. Bitch. Like, so that was... Probably the worst conversation you could ever have with your parents. So, so we, we want to put this on a scale. Yeah. Uh, number two, coming out to parents. Yeah. Number, number one, one, getting a credit card. credit card charges in the hundreds. That's yes. f- you like women. That's fine. Let's talk about this bill. <laughs> but why are you eating so many nachos? Stop it. Yeah, that's literally. Why are you using my credit card? Mm. Um, why why are you using it? That's, no, that's <laughs> no, actually, no, that's true for another time. <laughs> Um, so I think after having this wonderful conversation about UQ college, mm. um, what I would really like to do mm. is actually do like between the three of us, we're mm. going to just on the spot, come up with a whole bunch of advice for newbies who yeah. are just entering Hello, their first babies. year. Um, because Hello. that's the kind of, uh, that's the kind of educational stuff we yeah. like to do. Yeah. Um, so the children are our future. Children are the yes. future. Um, and I also, mean, I really hope children don't listen no. to this podcast. Like children, I mean anyone under the age of twenty-two. You're all children. You're all children. <laughs> I'm twenty. Yes, you are my child. <laughs> um, but but also, I think like graduating and then going into mm. uni is such an impressionable time Uh, for sure Um, so it's always good to know what you're getting into like I remember my first couple of months at uni I was just like what is what is life I don't understand I'm having all I I there's a really big hill and I don't know where any of my classes are yes yes yes. and I'm too afraid to take the lift because everyone will judge me but the stairs are so steep my big thing is like sexual assault and harassment because like my particular experience was not your conventional experience Mm -hmm. um you know I think we kind of all assume that sexual assault is this really violent like Mm. straight line you Mm. know no I don't want to do this um and you also assume it's coming from someone that you don't know you kind of have like this this (laughs) mystical man yeah I don't want to freak you out but you are actually far more likely to be assaulted yeah. as a as a woman you are far more likely to be assaulted by somebody in that yeah. you general know. but yeah um so just like be careful and be be mindful of that yeah and, and be honest with yourself yeah, like, yeah and if you don't want to do it don't do it well i mean my particular experience occurred when um I was quite drunk and then I fell unconscious and then I woke up. So there are some things that like, you know, you can't control. Mm. Doesn't mean that it wasn't wrong. Um, And I also feel like, you know, I made a really conscious choice to not – to not pursue like any Mm -hmm. form of justice. So I didn't Mm. make a police report or anything like Mm. that. Um, It is – okay if you believe that it would be more harmful to you to Mm, pursue those routes to not but please don't make that the reason that you don't talk about it ever you are allowed to talk about it um people will tell you why didn't you go to the police why didn't you do this why didn't you do that or they'll tell you that it was your fault uh neither of those things you should ever take on so make sure that you're only Mm. talking to people that really genuinely care about you Mm. um but also, like, you are responsible for your own well-being. Mm. Um, 
if you have been on a 14-day bender <laughs> and you want to take this guy home, probably don't. Be mm. uh, this sounds really <laughs> this sounds really weird to kind of say, but kind of step a little bit outside of yourself and look objectively at what you're doing and just take a moment to just reconsider. Like go out, have fun, but just take care of yourself. Yeah, sleep with whoever mm. you want, but that's the key word. Sleep with whoever you want. Yeah. And mm. not somebody who's going to be ignorant or not pay attention to to you and where you're at. Um, you know, the only form of consent is affirmative consent. Yeah. If you are passed out or you can't answer, that's not yeah. yes. Yeah. Check in with yourself. Just make sure that you know what you're doing. Say hi. See see how things are, yeah. are going. Yeah. I feel like that's very, yeah. And it's it's the issue as well that I feel like they didn't teach us at, at my school anyway. Like they were, you know, they'd do like the fire and brimstone talks. I'm talking about like sex ed at a, at a Christian all-girls school that was quite conservative with that sort of line of things. Um, is that I feel that it's... um. Like it's, it's uh, hard, you know, you need to know that it can be hard later in the situation to say no. Not that you can't and you absolutely feel that you should be able to, but just it'll feel, you may find that it is harder for you to get the word out or mm. to feel that you can leave a situation safely or whatever that is. Or feel so, you can leave a situation at all. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely gone through the things that I didn't want to because it's too awkward. Absolutely. And there's like, so knowing I think that, Stuff like drinking excessively or, you know, going to someone's house where you don't know the area very well, you don't know the person very well, all those sort of things. Like these are just little, they're little, the problem is that they're little baby steps almost. And then suddenly you've taken, you know, these huge giant leaps that you don't even realize that you've, you've, you're suddenly in a situation where you can't kind of get out of it very easily or quickly or comfortably or whatever it is, or, you know, in the West kind of cases at all. Um, and that it's like you will, Unfortunately, all of my experiences um, having been sexually assaulted have been through people that I knew and trusted um, who took advantage. And the the shittiest part is that I don't even know necessarily. I know that one of them knows what they did was wrong, but I think some of the others don't even realise, you know, that there's also, and this is for all the, you know, guys who are listening to this or people, you know, people with guy friends, whoever, or people with friends who tend to get aggressive assertive, predatory, however you want to use that word, um, knowing to be able to like kind of recognize the behaviors and call people on it because there can be a lot of reasons why being saying no is really, really difficult. So watching out for your friends both as like potential victims but also for your friends as perpetrators and being like, hey, don't know that they're, maybe tonight's not the night to make it happen. I know you, you were keen to sleep with this person but she seems a bit off or he seems a bit off or they seem a bit uncomfortable with the situation Maybe we revisit this tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not, you know. And when you're drinking and it's late at night, it always feels like this is the be all end all. Like I can't tell you how many like dramatic fights or, you know, scenes I've made at like 1 a.m. in the valley because it's been like, oh, this is this is the end of the world. And then you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, turns out it wasn't. The world um, continues to yes. spin. So if you're if you're destined to be with this person romantically, sexually, whatever, it'll happen. You don't have to push it. It's not a once in a lifetime type opportunity. Like you can make the opportunities happen later. It doesn't have to be because the last thing you want, I think, is to, you know, be an accidental perpetrator or obviously, I mean, a victim and all that. But mm. I think there's also a lot of conversation to be had around addressing the other side of it as well. Yeah. yeah. And you're absolutely allowed to leave 
and to say no. And yeah. that's very hard. Like I'm not saying it's just going to be like, mm, no. It's not like the the PSA videos where it's like, oh, do you want some drugs? No. no. Okay. Yay, Timmy. <laughs> yeah. Like it's going to be really, really difficult and it's going to feel really funny, especially if you identify as a woman because mm-hmm. we are taught to just – be quiet, like don't make a fuss, don't make a scene, don't, you know, inconvenience somebody else. Yeah. England. You're a tease. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you don't want to be somewhere, don't do it. Just go. And you can Literally, say no at any point. Just also. go. Yeah. You're an adult. If you if there is a place that you don't want to be, if you're sick of that party, my dad always says it that the party wasn't Megan worthy. <laughs> so if you are sick <laughs> of that nice. party, go yeah have somebody that you know is going to be there for you if you can't get an uber i don't care if you've only got 15 dollars put left your mum's your credit card in <laughs> no, that don't do that. it's worth it mm. to be able to leave a place that you yeah. that you don't want to be anymore if somebody has come back to your house and you've changed your mind Tell them to leave. Mm-hmm. It's your house. Yeah. Don't feel like you have to be polite. Don't mm. feel like you have to be, you know, you know, less than assertive when it comes to your own personal yeah. safety because the only person that's going to be 100% looking out for you is you. Yeah. And you can say no at any time. Like you can – if you've started doing stuff and you said yes in the beginning and you've started doing stuff and then you're like start sobering up, you start feeling a bit sick or you start just not feeling the situation or they do stuff you don't like – you can say no at that point and that's that's completely fine. Yeah. You're not being a tease. You're not being like, um, you know, leading them on. Uh. Change your mind. You yeah. don't want to be sleeping yeah. with somebody that's not into it. Yeah. Um, I hate to cut this short. No, 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 do, no, no. We do have time limits. Um, also, before I do cut us all off completely, we do actually have plans to come back and revisit this mm-hmm. um, topic and, and talk about. Very intense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and talk about um, like sexual assault, um, you know, where people can go if they need help and stuff like that. That is coming up in future episodes. We do have plans to do that. I'm not cutting this off just for the sake of cutting this <laughs> off. I did yeah, want to yeah. acknowledge that. Talia's censoring us. I'm yes. just I'm <laughs> censoring you. Uh, 1984 is yes. coming. I am Orwellian yes um yeah so um we always like to finish our episodes by asking what advice you would like to give but um unless you have any other advice you haven't already given um oh I guess my other thing would be so during all these experiences the times when it got the worst was when I wasn't doing anything outside of uni and partying and people will kind of be like oh like partying's my hobby or whatever or going to music gigs is my hobby or something like that (laughs) And it's like, cool, yeah, that's that's definitely an activity you enjoy doing. That's cool. But I think having something that you're doing, particularly if you're a creative person, is like, or even if you're even if you're not, you know, having a something that you do just for you. Mm. And for me, that's singing and music and that sort of stuff. Um, you know, find something like that. And then you can find a group of people who like doing that. Uni has a million societies that you can go join some of them better than others, <laughs> but you know, you'll find, you'll find <laughs> your family mm. and they offer so much support and so many different perspectives. And it's such a break, especially if you've got drama happening in your friendship group or yeah. your family or uni life. And you've got these other people who are just separate to that. So that would be my only other advice. Yeah. Join a, join a club. Join a club. <laughs> no, yeah. Join, join, go join to uni. Do join something for you. Yeah, do something yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, if you guys want to like share any like other tips with us, read this sort of conversation, yeah. like just in general, like we're on Facebook, we'll message you on Instagram. We've got an email as mm. well. 
just like, um, yeah, we would love to hear your little tips and tricks and tales. And if you're having issues struggling, like we will also help you through that as best we can. Mm-hmm. Um, call we, Lifeline. If you're under 25, you can call yeah. Kids Helpline. There's um, we also will, sexual assault Yeah, We lines. will in the bio, um, in the, the bio down below or whatever, um, <laughs> we'll link sure a whole lot link of- Link in description. Link in yep. description, that's <laughs> it. Um, we'll, we'll put a whole lot of- um, Resources. Resources and helplines and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Jen. Oh, you're for so welcome. Coming yeah. in today Thanks and just talking me. so much. You talk much. so much. I love it. Oh, <laughs> we, no, that's I good. didn't do any of the work. Okay. It was so good. I really struggle to find questions to ask unless somebody like continues the conversation. So okay. I love it. Yeah. Keep going. Um, can talk confirmed. <laughs> congrats. Can talk. Wowee. Um, for everyone out there in podcast listening land, um, we here love you. And we hope that you're taking care of yourself, reaching out if you're struggling and drinking plenty of water. Mm -hmm. Look after yourselves. Your agency and autonomy is yours. Mm -hmm. We will see you next week. Bork, hello. Bork, hi. You know what you need to be doing? You need to be listening to the Floof and Papa podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Taylor. And we're going to talk about all things dogs. Dog stories. Dog breeds. Dog tips and tricks. Dog puns. Dog jokes. Dog everything. Out if you're not listening. Uh, hit us up at the Floof and Papa podcast wherever you get your podcast. Tune in. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.